0: This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer.
1: Oh, we got a lot to do on this show this evening. We got Monday Night Football. We got Sunday Afternoon Football. We even have basketball to talk about. Here we go. And, twice, it, and, and Aaron Judge, too, at 1 800 919 3776. Also, be a Twitter. At Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7FM along with Joe and Thomas. We're here until midnight. Then it's Frady and Fitz on 987 ESPN in New York. Gordon Damer, hello. Larry Hardesty. How are you, my friend? Has the
2: party stopped the parade no. at the Damer
1: household? Is it still no, going it on from not. yesterday?
2: This has been a sensational sports weekend in the Damer House. And if we could get number 61 at some point here soon, eh, the party just keeps going, Larry. It really, and maybe we have a clinching tonight as well. It's, it's all good news. It's all good stuff. Can't complain in any way. and you know me. I, I you know, once in a while, I will complain about things, but no, not right now. Not you no. not after this weekend.
1: No. All right. take me through it. You're watching the Miami Buffalo game. And, you, and it's the last minute, and you're saying, what? We're going to lose? He's no, going to come you know, down the field I, and he's going to lose?
2: <laughs> it, it, it felt like, well, I, I will be honest with you. The Bills have to be kicking themselves with the way they left a lot of meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they the Dolphins' defense really didn't stop the Bills as much as the Bills kind of stopped themselves a couple of times. Right before the half, they left points on the board, obviously with the way the game ended, the 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 drive that they had down there before the, the butt punt, I mean, they left a lot of opportunities out there. So the way the game was going, uh, I'll be honest with you, sitting watching the game and watching the offense, especially when Tua came back from the back injury and throws the pass to Waddle, I actually had to ask myself out loud, is it possible we're good? Because <laughs> it's been that long. And mm-hmm. I'm not ready to jump on the bandwagon just yet. Uh, I know there's been a lot of people tweeting me, oh see, see, blah, 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 this about Tua, this about the organization, this about this, this about that. You know, there's been plenty of times they've started 3-0 and and have had exciting wins in September. We all know how it's going to end and how it's ended in the past. Maybe it won't end this way that way this time. I hope not, uh, but I'm going to enjoy it right now, and, and yesterday was certainly a very enjoyable win against an organization we've not had a lot of success against any time lately.
1: All right, so can we give your defense a little love yesterday? They had a lot of pressure on, um, you know, on on, Josh Allen, on on Allen and also on the run game. Yeah, well, I mean, Josh Allen, he is
2: uh, when you're facing him, he is endlessly frustrating because he, you know, it's not just the passes, it's the running. There's been plenty of times uh, on drives and on plays where you think, oh, we got him. Here comes the pass rush. We're going to get him, and he just is able to move away. doesn't look like he's working all that hard to move away, but he's just able to move away, avoid a hit, pick up five yards. He's a problem, absolutely, and um, the defense made enough plays. Now, again, I think the Bills left a lot of meat on the bone yesterday. They they had a lot of points that they should have been able to cash in on and did not, and maybe if you play that game 100 times, I don't know that the result turns out the Dolphins' way many of them, I mean, again, much like against the Ravens, Bills did not punt until the third quarter. They only punted once in the game. And it wasn't like they had a string of turnovers or anything like that. So I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen the clip of their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, yes. up in the box after yes. the game ended. I, I can completely relate to that. People were reacting to his reaction like, oh, my gosh, can you believe it? No, of course I can believe it. Yes, that's the way you should react after a very frustrating game. And I'll be the first to admit, that is the way I have reacted after many a frustrating <laughs> game. So I get it. The Bills are uh, they are going to be a problem. There's no question about it. There's a reason why they were the pick to, uh, to win the Super Bowl coming in. And look, we're, we're almost completely through week three, and depending on what happens with this game tonight, right now you only have two teams that are 3-0. and So mm-hmm. that really kind of tells you all you need to know about parity in the
1: NFL. And what's interesting about those two teams, and uh, by the way, 6-6 in this Monday night football game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you had the under, you're looking great. <laughs> yeah, Really? <laughs> Either way you went. Yeah. <laughs> you had the under, you're good. Uh, the two and 3-0 teams, Gordon, are with quarterbacks who have really changed. Right? You, Jalen Hurts was not this guy last year. No, Jalen was Hurts was not this guy the year before. Uh, Tua was not this guy last year or the year before. I mean, he showed you flashes, but he wasn't like this. So is it coaching? Is it talent? Is it a combination of both? Is it they finally matured? I mean, what is it? I I think it's smart organizations.
2: I think that that's the common thread between the Eagles and the Dolphins. And I don't use the term smart and the Dolphins very often, but I think that at least so far – You take a look, they had quarterbacks who they decided that they were going to believe in going forward, and they have surrounded them with talent. They have supported them with playmakers, especially the Dolphins with Tyreek Hill, but the Eagles certainly with A.J. Brown. And they are are reaping the rewards of that, at least so far. Now, it's a long season. I have more confidence in the Eagles because I thought they were going to be good before the season than I do in the Dolphins, but both teams, I think, made smart moves in the offseason, and it's not just one thing or another thing where it's coach, I think it's all of it. It's coaching, it's playmakers, it's talent evaluation, and it is actually having some faith in the guy that you already have.
1: So you're saying there's some hope for the Jets with Zach Wilson starting this week possibly?
2: There better be, Larry, because there was no hope on Sunday. It was bad. Oh, my Lord. It was bad. To think that you had you're coming off this miraculous win the week before and and you just go back to that that scene inside the locker room when the guys are coming off the field, and Joe Flacco's coming off the field and it's hugs and it's laughs and it's chanting and it's everything, and you see the performance on sunday Ugh. it's not just you know like the fact that the Jets are one and two that's not the worst thing in the world, right The Raiders are oh and three. Yeah. The problem is, is that the Jets have not looked like a competitive football team for all but two minutes in Mm -hmm. three games.
1: Yep. It's bad. It's bad. And what's and and here's the thing that makes it a little curious. The players are starting to react. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, DJ Reed starting to react. Quentin Williams starting to react on the defensive side of the ball. Which is the head coach's side of the ball. And obviously, frustration. And you always have this, right? You always have when, not that the defense has been lights out, because they haven't been. No. But they've been substantially better than this offense
2: <laughs> they've been well, well, but they should be right? I mean, the yeah, offense is be. operating with a quarterback who nobody should have been I shouldn't say nobody because up until game time on Sunday, I had people you know saying that you know if he plays well, if they go out and win, maybe Joe Flacco stays as the starting mm. quarterback, so I shouldn't say nobody, but very few I, very few people thought that that offense was going to do something with Joe Flacco. the defense it's not been good I, it's been it's been bad and and i thought that this year pass rush the young mm-hmm. corner the young corners have been good mm-hmm. but it's almost the the complete opposite of what we were saying about the smart organization the, the, the successful organization yes. the two three and oh teams yes i think it's on the coaching
1: mm-hmm. i think so to a certain it
2: degree it's on the the players mm-hmm. i think it's on the front office i mm-hmm. think it's everybody when you look this bad Everybody is to blame. And right now, everybody with the Jets is to blame.
1: Yeah, it's not good. It's not good right now. And for them to still be struggling on the offensive line at the Larry, left tackle spot, again, is, 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 is unacceptable.
2: It's unbelievable to me. That, to me, was the biggest takeaway from Sunday, is that we're still talking about the Jets' offensive line not being able to protect anybody, and I get it—they've had injuries, but even the people that have been injured were question marks. And and you watch the—I know Fant is banged up, and he left the game because of an injury. And I can—it's almost like there's been no progress there at all. And think of all the resources, Larry—picks, and signings, and money. I mean, it's unbelievable. They've tried every single way to fix that offensive line, and I'll be honest. I thought it was better against Cleveland. I thought it was better against Cleveland. Mm. But yesterday, it was a complete regression. It was a huge step back. And it's just like, where is the progress? You know, on Sunday, I'm sitting there and I'm watching uh, the Jags-Chargers game (laughs) in the the 4 o'clock. Yeah. And I think the Jaguars are a perfect comparison to the Jets because the Jaguars have been really down. Mm -hmm. They had the first pick when you had the second pick. They've made a ch- coaching change. You've made a coaching, you know, all the different steps along the way, and it's only one game difference. They're two and one. You're one and two, but it feels like light year different. You watch that game, and I know uh, Herbert's banged up, and they're all banged up, and maybe that's part of it as well. But you show me the last time the Jets looked that competent. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah, it's it's probably and it's probably almost, it's always like a mistake.
2: Right, it's always a mistake. It's yeah. like it's like the Bengal game last year or the 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 the, the Cleveland win. It, I, there was a great stat. The guy who had it on Twitter, NYJ underscore Matt, mm-hmm. yesterday was Robert Sala's twentieth game that he's coached. In the five wins, the Jets have won those games on average by three points. Mm-hmm. In the fifteen losses, they've lost those games by an average of sixteen.
1: Mm-hmm. When they're bad, they're really bad, and when they <sighs> win, they're lucky.
2: It does kind of feel that way.
1: You know, that, that that's what the numbers tell you. Mm-hmm. Very simple. one 800 919 When we return, we'll go back to the scene of the crime. We'll hear from a couple of the Jets on yesterday's loss. Uh, later in the show, Gordon, we've got NBA to talk about. It was media day today. Yes, KD spoke. And Kyrie spoke. And R.J. Barrett spoke. People spoke all about hoops. A lot to do tonight. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is
0: ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on
2: 98.7 ESPN. We need to have a meeting as far as the defense because um, this, this is unacceptable. Like The mentors are unacceptable um, from the coaches, from the players, everybody that's a part of this, including myself, is unacceptable. So we got to have a meeting and just talk about everything. Whether what we're doing is too much, what either we're not over communicating, we gotta we gotta get we gotta cut it out. Like we gotta get it right. Like like that has to happen. Has happened.
1: DJ Reed, honest comments out of the Jed locker room yesterday. It's hard to see a Damer on ESPN in New York tonight. And Gordon, I appreciate him. I, I think he's right on point. And I talked about it yesterday. This has been the third game that Sauce Gardner has released a player, a receiver, to the other defender and each time they've scored a touchdown, each time they've been wide open. So either he's not supposed to hand them off, A, or B, they are not acknowledging that they're supposed to, that they know that he's handing them off because they are open for touchdowns every single time.
2: Yeah, there's a little bit of a replay, right? I mean, and of all the people this week to, to just let walk into the end zone. I mean, it just uh, it's kind of mind-boggling how these mistakes ha- it, it just ha- It's consistent. And again, the, the defense is what I kind of expected to maybe, I don't know, necessarily carry the day. But certainly, you had to see massive improvement from where they were last year. And look, it's not the worst stretch that they had. I mean, last year they were giving up 40 points a week, so it's not been that embarrassment. But it's not like they're taking on the greatest teams in the world either. I mean, the Bengals were 0-2 coming into the. I know they went to a Super Bowl last year, but it would really be that surprising to anybody if the Bengals end up having a down year after losing the Super Bowl. We've seen that plenty of times before. And it was another game in the second half where even the most optimistic Jet fan could not have had much hope that they were going to come back.
1: No, they weren't going to score. They weren't going to score. You, you could see that early. There was no shot of them scoring. And once again, oh, by the way, Joe Flacco, another 50-plus passing game?
2: Larry, correct me if I'm wrong, because sometimes I take crazy pills, clearly. After the first week, he threw 59 times. And Mike LaFleur was asked about it, and I can't remember what the exact quote, if he said it made him sick, it made him want to puke, but he obviously did not like the fact that Joe Flacco – Threw the ball 59 times. The last two weeks, he's thrown the ball 44 times and 52 times. Yeah. What is going on? Run the ball. That's it's, how to run the ball. I, I mean, what is going on? And and, and it's not like Mike LaFleur comes from a system that is all about airing it. He's a, he's a disciple of Mike Shanahan. Yeah. That's
1: right. So he is.
2: I don't understand why they get so pass heavy in these games. Again, it's not like they're down 21 nothing in the first quarter nope Mm-mm. and even if they are the Jets are not built with Joe Flacco to to pass the ball 59 times or 50 times in a game and come back it's uh it's it's like a broken record I didn't expect them to be all that great with Joe Flacco to begin with but all the mistakes that you see uh and and Corey Davis with the play that he had yeah come on. Uh, the yeah. the pass the, the the roughing the passer call yeah I mean you can't you just can't have the, the you know the the roughing the passer call was a little ticky tack but you just can't have it yeah you yeah. just can't have it if you're the Jets and unfortunately now they put themselves well I I'm I, I kind of go back and forth do you think that they're putting Zach Wilson in a bad spot by having him start against Pittsburgh or do you think that they're putting a, actually after the performance the last three weeks outside of you know the miracle in Cleveland the offense has not looked great. Do you think no. that they're actually bringing him into a good spot?
1: I I think, you know what I kind of get the feeling, Gordon? And I don't know if this is fair to Lafleur. And oh, by the way, 26-yard touchdown moments ago, a couple of minutes ago by Saquon Barkley has given the Giants a 13-6 lead as we approach the end of the third. Uh, but it's almost like my whole scheme is for Zach Wilson and nobody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like I I can't do the stuff that I want to do because everything I have is for Zach. It's like everything I have for Zach Wilson. It's it's because there's plays that are screaming for a quarterback to move to buy time. Now listen. Uh, so to answer your question, I, I think is I think they have to get him in. <laughs> I, I do, and they're gonna have to find some ways. They're gonna have to put the t- take the tight end out of the out of the routes. And put him on the line. Have six linemen, whatever you have to do. But if he's healthy, he's got to start because this offense is going nowhere with Joe Flacco. It just isn't. And then you can do, you can have some runs. You can do some other things. It's just like they have no confidence with him. I, I just, it's, it's just, it's such a weird scheme to look at how they run and and and, and how and the play selection is. And and then what was really crazy was when Gary Wilson went out the game. It's like. Nobody could get any separation from anything. Every pass was contested. I thought I was watching Kenny Galladay <laughs> in the <a> jet uniform.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was not a lot. There was not a lot going right, uh, no. and and you know, this was supposed to be like I like what we've seen from Garrett Wilson in the in the short time that we've mm-hmm. got to see him here. But yeah. this was supposed to be a year forward, and, and maybe it will be right again. They're playing with their backup quarterbacks. You don't want to judge it too harshly. Kind of disappointed. I have not I haven't seen more from from Elijah Moore. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I thought that this would be. And again, it's the backup quarterback. The offensive line is not played well, but this they, they have some skill position players. They do. So they it'll be interesting. You know, if you, if you want to build the confidence of Zach Wilson, having him go out there against a Pittsburgh team that's not great. I mean, they're mm-hmm. a mediocre team right now. Right. That does not have a great offense. You're not going to have to score 40 points to beat them. Uh-huh. Um, might be the best thing to to get Zach Wilson into the flow of things right away. Yep, and and start to find out about him because I'll say this: you need to find out about Zach Wilson right now because yes. the way the Jets are playing right now, they might very well have another top five pick this
1: year. They could. They very they very well could. And Gordon, I hate to tell you, I hate to tell you this, Jet fans, you you may have to consider the offensive line again.
2: Oh my God! Gordon,
1: well, they may have to consider the offensive line again. Well, and this is what it really gets back to:
2: like, where do you place the majority of the blame? Because I'll tell you, if it turns out like, at what point are we going to start to say, does this team have talent, or who's mm-hmm. who's picking the talent? Yeah. Because if 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 you're saying that we have a lot of talent that we should be better than this, well, then that's on coaching. Yep. And if you're saying, well, you know, we just, we just can't measure up talent-wise with the other teams. Well, that, that, that's not that's on the coaches. Mo- that's the front office. That's and front office. the amount of resources sunk into both lines, offensive and defensive line with the Jets, is sizable. I don't uh-huh. know which one in terms of assets they've sunk more into. And neither of them are carrying the day right now. You know, for all the time we, we focus on Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco or this thing or that thing, the Jets' offensive line was a mess on Sunday. It was, and their defensive line, which you thought this was their chance to feast, uh-huh. there was no feast. That no. was it was like a strict diet.
1: I mean, Joe Burrow's been sacked what thirteen times? First coming
2: into the game, he was sacked thirteen times. I know the Jet, they, I know they say the Jets got him twice. I, yes. I, I, I got to be honest, I don't really remember them because yeah. the, the amount of plays that he would made, the opportunities he had to get outside the pocket, find which somebody, the amount of time he had, it was ridiculous.
1: And once again. What, it's the same thing. What did Jacoby Brissett do to them the week before? Same thing, kind of rolling out of the pocket. Mm-hmm, yep, no contain. Then just go right down the field and do whatever. So listen, Jets got problems. Okay, and I'm gonna tell you this, Gordon. If they don't get these problems fixed, it's not gonna be the front office guy that goes. It's gonna be Salah. It's gonna be Salah. Uh,
2: yeah, it's I, I be think. Salah. I know remember before the season there were some people are saying, well, you know what, even if the Jets have another bad year, Mm -hmm. everybody's gonna be safe. You've seen through three weeks. That is not the case. No, it cannot continue
1: to look like this. It's going to be Salah. And yesterday, excuse me, yesterday with the players making those comments, and Williams, who is not a very vocal guy. No, not generally. You know, yelling in the face of the D-line coach. And then you hear a quote. The defensive coaches and players need to get on the same page. That's coaching. And when you hear that, that's a ticket for you that if you don't get it fixed, you'll be going elsewhere looking for a job. I'm just telling you.
2: Yeah. It's not about catchy sayings or nice little things that you can, uh, you know, chant about, put on a T-shirt. It's about some actual results here.
1: Got to get some results. You do. You need wins badly. Badly. We'll come back and take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN
2: this
3: is espn
0: new york tonight with larry hardesty and gordon damer on 98.7
2: espn
0: well listen i mean when you're not winning football games uh fans you know and and you're losing and you're struggling a little bit you know fans want you to go out there and win football games they're they're here to you know to watch football but they're here to watch their team win you know so uh, you get the frustration um But at the same time, like I said, I mean, it's a two-score game. And if we put one in the end zone there, um, you know, we have more important things to worry about um, than listening to that stuff. It's our job to go play football and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's going to happen here and there. That's Joe Flacco as we welcome you back in here to the Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. We're live at Resorts World NYC, Bar 360. And and you could hear it at the stadium yesterday if you were there in that third quarter, you know, when the offense was struggling and there were Mike Whitechants that were breaking out in the crowd. And I wonder, again, the people that were chanting for Mike White to go in that game yesterday were the same ones who earlier in the week saying that Flacco should be the quarterback even when Zach Wilson's healthy. Right? At least be consistent. That's all I ask. If you want Flacco to be the guy, you can't two days later when he's struggling say, oh, no, put Mike White in the game. Doesn't work that way. Let's say hi to Ed in Long Island. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Eddie, how are you?
4: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, my question was you got that game in reach after the after the first half. You know your offensive line is not holding up. Flacco's just gonna drop back straight back and he's gonna he's gonna take a pounding. you put Mike White in at that point. And that's really my whole question to you is you have White and you also have Stressler and you look at how smooth that guy was in the preseason. They're burying him because they're afraid. That he possibly could show up Zach Wilson, and that's a problem with the Jets. And again, look at Stressler. I, I think Stressler actually outperformed White and Zach Wilson. And you you don't hear anything about the guy. Right. All right. And again, it starts with building Ed, Ed, Ed let me stop kind you kind of, one sec.
0: Ed, let me stop you one sec. I'll let you finish. Let, let, let sure. let's clear our minds for a second. Okay. You really think, okay, if I'm reading you correctly, you really think yes. that Chris Strevler is the yes. best quarterback option that the New York Jets
4: have on their roster right now. That's what you're saying. Better, more accurate than Zach Wilson, yes. Yes, you look at how smooth this guy was. He was standing up, and he was just, he was connecting <laughs> with your tight ends. You look at Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson was bouncing balls. Ed, let me ask it you, was, ne- was, Ed, was me ask you another question.
0: Sanchez. Let me ask you another question.
4: There's 32
0: teams in the National Football League, okay, who yeah. are on an insatiable search for talent anywhere they could find it. There right. is a game film right. of Chris Strebler, not just in this preseason, but college. Right. He had to go to the CFL and play. Right. He was on other practice right. squads in the NFL. All this tape is out there, and you mean to tell me that out of the 31 other teams in the NFL, that if they thought Chris Strebler could help them win, why did nobody put in a waiver claim for him when I the know. Jets cut him loose I at know. the end of, of training camp?
4: I know. Listen, I got you. I got you. But you watch him in preseason. The guy is smooth. He could, he could move the ball. And even if you're not going to do that, what I'm saying is you got White sitting on the bench yesterday. That game was in reach. You knew the offensive line was not holding up. But you know what? We're going to stay with Flacco. Okay? And you can't, you can't throw a game like that away. You got a chance to, you know, you, you can't throw the game away. And, it's, and, and the ironic part was you're honoring Mick Mangle, right? So you take a look what, when Parcells came here. What was the first thing Parcells did? He rebuilt that offensive line, okay? And, unfortunately, you're looking at Joe Douglas. You're going to tell me that he's, oh, yeah, Becton's going to come back? He, he really had faith in Becton? You know, I mean, Becton's done. And you, you had your chance to start solidifying that offensive line, and what are we doing? We're going, you know, we're going through the garbage heap again. And well, I, he's I, made
0: – Ed, he's made changes to the offensive line, and I thank you for the phone call. Look, you can't give up on Makai Becton, and let's rewind to going into this season. You can't give up on him after two years, right? He was a, a first-round draft choice. You're not going to punt on talent like that after two years. You'd be a fool to do that. They went out and signed Lakin Tomlinson, who was a Pro Bowl last year at guard. Big money. A guy who knows the system coming from San Francisco that they employ with that Shanahan West Coast offense. They drafted Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round, wasted a high draft choice on him. He's turned out to be a pretty good player. George Fan had a really good year last year, having to play left tackle most of the time when Becton was injured. Fanto, though, not 100%. He struggled this year. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that he's been good. Becton goes down to an injury, and what do they do? They go out there and they sign a Dwayne Brown, guy who made the Pro Bowl last year. I know that he's a little bit long in the tooth, but you know what? The guy can still play, and then he gets hurt. You know, yesterday you were down to your fourth and fifth tackles on the depth chart. Like, how is Joe Douglas supposed to fix that? In all fairness, it's September. yesterday was September the 25th. I got news for you. Anybody who's worth a damn that could play offensive tackle in the National Football League, guess what? He's on one of 32 rosters by September 25th. Talent does just not linger on the streets. They are scooped up by somebody. And, 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 and back to the Strevler thing. Look, I like Chris Strevler. I do. Interviewed him during training camp, good guy, like his story, plays hard, he competes. But everybody who now all of a sudden is a personnel executive and a general manager and calls up and says that Strevler should be playing and Strevler's the best quarterback. Guys, Chris Strevler, what he did in training camp and in preseason was training camp and preseason. In a preseason culture now in the NFL where starters don't even play, and when Chris Drevler got in the game, it was the fourth quarter of these games, and he was playing against guys who I guarantee you probably 98% of the guys he was going up against in those preseason games are not on NFL rosters right now. They all got cut. So it's not like he was doing it against first-teamers. If Chris Drevler started a game for the New York Jets against a first-team NFL defense, the results would be markedly different. I guarantee you. Hey, I got news for you. When I was in Little League as a kid, I was like one of the best outfielders in town. Seriously, could catch anything in center field. I was like a vacuum cleaner. You know, could handle the bat. I was pretty good. But you know what? That was Little League. There's a reason why I'm not the starting center fielder for the New York Mets, because as you get a little bit older and you face better competition, your talents and your flaws start to materialize. That's what would happen with Chris Drevler. But I like the guy. Bob is in Edison. He's up next, 98.70 ESPN. Bobby, how are you?
3: Evening, Dan. Thanks for taking the call. Hello, Bob. Um, us Jets fans, we were pretty ecstatic, excited after the draft with the talent that we got. Free agency was good to us. So we upgraded the talent on this team significantly. And what we're seeing is the same trash as last year. In our home game, we have not been competitive past the mid-third quarter. It, it's garbage time mid-third quarter. It, it, it's mind-boggling. And when Robert Teller says we're close, what? It, I mean, don't take us for dumb and stupid. We, our eyes tell us everything. When we got, you know, after the draft, you know, everyone's saying, you know, how many wins are the Jets going to get? Seven, eight, nine. We, we wanted to see progress. But our eyes would tell us everything. And you know what? Our eyes tell us it's the same garbage as last year. And that's, it's, it's so deflating, frustrating. And I'm a 50-year-plus fan of this team. It's tough to watch. It really is.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, Bob, look, the results and the two losses certainly are not what you want. And I thank you for the phone call. I know I sound like Joe Girardi there for a second. It's not what you want. But, but it's true. It isn't. And you want it to be better. And, you know, you're a fan for a long time. You put in your hours, you put in your time with the team, whether you go to games, whether you don't go to games, but you're passionate. And I know that you don't like hearing coach speak, right? When a coach, like you said, Robert Salas says, oh, we're close or whatever. You know, generally fans don't care about that. They just care about what it says on the scoreboard. Did we win? Did we lose? Hey, think about it. Everybody's ready to throw a parade a week ago this time. Because the Jets beat the Cleveland Browns, but if you watch that game from start to finish without looking at the scoreboard, Browns were the better team. Except for the last minute and 55 seconds or whatever it was. But the Browns were the better football team the majority of that afternoon. But they didn't win the game. And you overlook all that stuff because all that matters is the final score. The season is not lost. Let me say that. Do they have to be better? Absolutely. Is this a team that's going to make the playoffs? I can't sit here and promise you that. I mean, they're a long ways away from the playoffs. It's baby steps. But you know what a good first step would be? Getting your starting quarterback back under center. I mean, guys, just look around the NFL. I don't know how many times we got to say it. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. A chance to win the big prize. You need that quarterback. You know, when you see quarterback play at a high level, like we saw in that playoff game last year with Buffalo and Kansas City and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, and it was like whoever was going to have the ball last was going to win that game. The Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago where it was Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, like, you know, you look and you see, like, man, especially with our teams here in New York, you know, Zach Wilson, we still don't know about him yet as he's in near number two. Daniel Jones, this is like his last audition year for the Giants in year number four. You still don't know what you have with this guy yet. you got to have a solution. It is the most important position in sports, not just in the NFL, in sports. And that's why it's so darn frustrating. And then you can have a game like yesterday with Green Bay and Tampa Bay where you got two Hall of Famers, you know, two of the best to ever do it, and Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and it was the defenses who had their way yesterday and the offenses couldn't get anything going. There's ways to win, but more often than not, it's your quarterback who is going to have to make a play or two or three if you want to be victorious. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. More of your phone calls. Plus, former giant Bart Oates is going to join us up here too. We are live at Resorts World NYC. Bar 360, stop by and say hello if you're in the neighborhood. Dan Cross' show on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.
2: Hey, the ultimate ESPN New York Jets tailgate is coming on October 9th, and everyone is welcome. We'll have a pregame celebration in Lot G before the Jets take on Miami with all your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts. I will be there. Larry, are you going to be there? Yes. All right, so Larry will be there. I will be there. I don't know who else is going to be there, but all your favorites. And if you're listening to this show, the two main favorites is going to be there, so that's all you need to know. Plus, tailgate games, prizes, giveaways, and live music from Randy Zoo. Listen to DiPietro and Rothenberg as they defame me in the morning. And the Michael K. Show in the afternoon all this week for your chance to score premium suite tickets and VIP tailgate passes. The ultimate ESPN New York Jets tailgate is brought to you by Guinness. Ooh, I love me some Guinness. Pepsi and 98.7 ESPN. All right, before we get to the phones, are you
1: concerned Mm -hmm. that by you going to this event, that you're going to disturb the mojo that you have. If this team is still on the field. Well, here's would the thing. Would you would, would, I, you, would I, you call in sick? Would you have a the the the, the, the fin flu? When
2: I did bring <laughs> this up, when it was first presented to me, I said that I would likely be there. Mm-hmm. Uh so I now feel like I am obligated to go. Now I have mm-hmm. been told I'm not allowed to wear any dolphin paraphernalia. I did see that. So, uh, you know, for your own safety, I, I think that they are, I can't imagine that they're counting on me. You know, like if the, if the big name, if, if the K show is there and DPH and Rothenberg are there, I can't imagine that they're going to miss me, but I did say that I was going to be there. So yes, there is some concern because nothing would ruin a four and zero start more Larry than I losing. To the the, I would rather lose on Thursday night by a hundred points. I would rather lose Thursday (laughs) by a thousand points Mm -hmm. than go there. I will. I will say this: if I go there and half the first half does not go according to plan, I might very well give my Irish goodbye. And the Mm -hmm. Irish goodbye is all of a sudden you look around and Gordon's nowhere to be found.
1: Yes, Mm
2: -hmm. and and look, who could blame me, right? No, absolutely. I will go early. I will, I will talk to people. You know, I'll be out there shaking hands, kissing babies, whatever they need. I can't imagine mm-hmm. again that they need much from me. But right. again, I will do anything and everything to 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 do what I is necessary for me to do. But again, at the end of the day, if it's a halftime score that I'm not comfortable with, I'm I'm out I'm out the door. Have I think. seen Gordon? <laughs> I'm gone I am it would not be the first time it will not be the first time it will not be the last time either Gordon went Ghost on us oh yeah <laughs> he was here yeah. a minute
1: ago yeah. I'm yeah, beating I'm that traffic go. home <laughs> beating
2: that traffic Larry <laughs>
1: Well, listen, Larry. Maybe ghost, too because that's a uh, long way to go. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm. A, I'm. It's like twenty minutes from my house, so it's not that uh, bad for me. Uh huh. Yeah, you got a, You got a much further. Well, look, no, you're no. more than welcome. You know, I'll. I'll give you. I'll point to the. You know, I'll give you the sign. I'll point to the nose and say, Larry.
1: It's about that time. <laughs> it's about that time, Larry. Do yourself a favor. Yep. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Back to the phones we go. Nixon, bang up to Nick. What's happening, my friend?
3: Hey, Larry. Hey, Gordon. Thanks for the call. Uh, Well, you remember uh, in the beginning of the season we're off in our practice squad and everything else, and and, and like maybe maybe just I don't know maybe go for free agency for the O line. Just maybe.
1: I mean, but that's the problem, Nick. They did go free agency. I, Thanks for the phone call. They went free agency. And uh, they've signed some guys who, you know, Gordon, they've, they've got injured. One one is injured. He's supposed to return to practice. I think I heard Salah say maybe next week, and that's Dwayne Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, Nick, they, they already did that. They they tried the free agent route. They've tried the draft route. They've tried picking up guys off practice squads. They They've done just about everything, and it has not worked. And the scary thing about this was, to be honest, you could foresee that this was going to be an issue because with the injuries – the team, the, the, the guys haven't played together. And, Gordon, your offensive line has got to play together. Absolutely. They have to. There's no way they're going to be able to work and, and know to do schemes and, and just hand people off like that without playing together. you got to have them play together. Absolutely.
2: And look, if the Jets' offensive line does not come together this year in whatever form, you know, whatever players are there, it's not because of a lack of spent resources. Mm -mm. They have spent plenty, plenty of resources, first-round picks, multiple first-round picks. They've signed Lincoln Tomlinson to a major deal. I mean, they have spent plenty of resources towards fixing that offensive line, and it has not worked. They've picked up guys, as you said, and uh, that's not – at the end of the day, the coaching has to figure out a way around it. Mm-hmm. But if the offensive line is just bad the entire time, that has to be a, a negative on Joe Douglas's record
1: because he spent it a is.
2: ton of money and a ton of draft picks, everything else on, that, on, that, on the O-line.
1: He's picked the wrong O-lineman. And, the wrong and, ones.
2: And, and, and on Sunday, I mean, again, I didn't break down the film, as they say, but the mm-hmm. kid who's the rookie who was on the right side I probably played the best. of. Basketball. He probably played the best of the
1: bunch. <laughs> he wasn't the issue. No, it was the left side. Absolutely. It was the left side. He time was and okay. time again. You know, I think they got it right with him. <laughs> he struggled the first week, which you expect, because he didn't know of he gonna play. Of course. He's a sixth round pick. He didn't know he was going to play. Right. But he's gotten better each week. He's minimizing his mistakes. Absolutely. Can you get that on the left side?
2: Apparently not. No matter how much money you sink it. And again, like we're all saying, if if there's gonna be somebody who pays the price is going to be the coach. But again it is. who picked the coach?
1: Yeah, I know. I get it. But it's more than just that, Gordon. See what I'm saying? It's it's now now the the other dumb mistakes are popping in, which we talked about earlier with the you know, the the fumbles and the late hits on the quarterback and, you know, the undisciplined plays, which people attribute to coaching. So these are the things. And once again, the argue, you know, not and it's not like players and coaches don't argue on the field all the time. Because they do. They do. There's always discussions. There's always heated disagreements. But it's who does it. And when the Quentin Williams does that, Gordon, and I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it. No, but that it it does. You know, it's
2: one thing if it's a guy who's a hothead who's always shooting his mouth off. That ain't Quentin Williams.
1: No. He's frustrated because he doesn't feel he's being put in the position to make plays. That's that's what he's saying. We're not being put in position to make plays. And that, my friend, is coaching. From the defensive coordinator. And here's the thing. I may be the defensive coordinator. You're the head coach. You are the CEO of this team on the field. You got to get it fixed. 1-800-919-3776. We'll come back. We'll see what's going on with the Giants. Dallas is on the run again on 98.7 ESPN.